Hello, this is Rhett Bartlett. A very quick backstory to the audio you're about to hear. Throughout their Triple R days, one of their most avid listeners that the Could Have Been Champions had was Raymond, who was part of what they would call the Mobile Boys, who would regularly put in their nominations and their um, answers for the competitions that ran throughout the show on Triple R. Well, Raymond kept a lot of the tapes of the show because he was recording them off the radio to see if they had won and also to record Greg Champion's songs that were being played live in the studio, um, impersonations of Tommy Laeff, serials, VFA discussions, etc. And in May of 2020, I asked if I could digitise those cassette tapes, and I received a parcel of some 12 to 14 cassette tapes of Could Have Been Champion's radio segments from 1984, 85, 86. So this is the first tape up online. This covers late 1985 throughout most of 1986, which uh, haven't been heard since their original broadcasts. Enjoy. Hi. Time for another song on Could Have Been Champions. I've got a snappy little number to kick the year off. Go tell it on a mountain, Morris Rioli needs a club. Go tell it on a mountain, Rioli needs a club. Who's that yonder dressed like a swan? Let my people go. Must be the man from Messendon. Let my people go. Who's that yonder dressed like a pie? Must be the one that the swans didn't buy. Go tell it on the mountain. Jimmy Jess is back to stay. Go tell it on the mountain. The Jess is back to stay. Who's that coach all dressed in black? Let my people go. Must be the coach that the other club sacked. Let my people go. Who's that yonder dressed like a swan? Must be the one that the others didn't want. Go tell it on the mountain. St Kilda will make the final five. Go tell it on the mountain. The Saints will make the five. Who's that yonder dressed like a saint? Let my people go. He looks good, but he probably ain't. Let my people go. Who's that yonder dressed in drag? Must be Ellison in his jag. Go tell it on the mountain. Jesus Christ is playing for Carlton. Go tell it on the mountain. The Christ has joined the blues. Who's that yonder dressed in black? Let my people go. Must be the Sydneyites turning back. Let my people go. Who's that yonder dressed like a roo? He's no good, but he'll have to do. Go tell it on the mountain. The punter, the punter have signed with Eon. Go tell it on the mountain. The punters have sold out. Who's that yonder dressed in grey? Let my people go. Must be the lawyer negotiating pay. Let my people go. Who's that yonder dressed in blue? I don't know and neither do you. Go tell it on the mountain. Morris Rioli needs a club. Go tell it on the mountain. Rioli needs a club. Good morning, Greg. Morning, Jeff. How are you? Good. Now, Morning. you're puffing and panning. You've just run up the stairs with your guitar over your back like Paul, Paul Stuckey. Well, it's these late nights at the Roxy... And uh, you get home about five in the morning, and uh, you got to get yourself out of bed to get here at ten o'clock. It's a struggle. So you were competing with the Saints last night. For what? <laughs> not for not for the footy match, for the audience. Talk about the Saints. I've got the palm here for you, listeners. The Swans are going to be good this year. The Pies are going to be bad. Some of the clubs have picked up champions. 
Other clubs just wish they had. I told you the Saints had put up a fight. They've just forgotten how to win. But you stick with them for a year or two. Their ship's going to come in. The cats are just the cats again. Divine or no divine. Reese Jones is still picking fights. The Tigers will struggle for mine. Ironmonger's a beauty. He's got character at least. Warwick Kappa looks like he wants to be in Motorhead or Judas Priest. <laughs> Crocker's a shocker. German's just vermin. Passmore should pass more and crackers a worry. But the thing I know for certain, and you don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar, is that Johnny Platten will win the Brownlow medal. You can bet your bottom dollar. I knew there had to be a point to this, Greg, because there's a lot of nastiness in that poem so far. <laughs> I'd forgotten the title. It's called Johnny Platten, Platten will win the Brownlow. Listeners, is he good or what, that Platten? He burrows into the packs and leave him, he leaves them all looking like flat-footed waddling hacks. Like Greg Chappell's batten or someone dippy flatten, he'll never throw his hat in that little Johnny Platten. Oh, God, that was clever. <laughs> you can have your pies and your dogs and your blues. I can tell you I've got it sussed. Johnny Platten will win the Brownlow as sure as Johnny Howard will bite that dust. Woof. Okay, now that, that's obviously a lot of South Australian venom in that one because you were pretty mean to all the other players you mentioned. Yeah, I was pretty wrapped with his performance last week, particularly that exemplary incident where he struggled on his hands and knees and kept puffing and yeah, Everyone's the been ball. talking about it all week, but last night he, uh, he he was pretty ordinary, but then when when they needed him, no, he didn't. In the he last did. quarter, he delivered. Oh, good. So and I love the long go. hair. He's a rebel. <laughs> you can tell he comes from Adelaide. He's got the long hair. He's probably got a pair of purple velvet flares. Get fair income. Now, talking about Adelaide listeners, I was in Adelaide a few weeks ago and uh, Channel, World of Sport, Channel 7 Adelaide, have shown a lot of interest in my songs, unusually, and they've got the tape. They asked me to uh, change a couple of uh, existing ones over here. For example, I wish they all could play for St Kilda. Now, some of our listeners will know that song, the Tony Leonard special. And the chaps in Adelaide asked me to change the words, and Simon, if you'd oblige, thanks. Uh, to South Australian content. Well, no wood boys don't shave. I really love the blue and red. And the boys from the bay in their black and gold, they're at their best when they're in bed. A little Westies Rover has a jock strap clean and white. And the double blues when they take the field, they wear the footy shorts all oh so tight. I wish they all could play for the Bulldogs. I wish they all could play for the Bulldogs. I wish they all could be Central Districts boys. That's called Central Districts boys. Doesn't have quite the ring of St Kilda. Nothing for me, Greg, I'm no. afraid. And a couple of the others they got me to do was, well, now, have you heard about this character, Grenville Dietrich? Now, he's the, uh, who's that large VFA full forward again? Uh, I think you think of John Taylor, but John he's retired Taylor. and he was a ruckman. Well, Adelaide got one, and he plays league for North, and he is a famous alcoholic. Now, he's a chronic alcoholic, <laughs> and he's got the famous curved spine, and he's about 18 stone, and uh, he cannot keep off the puss. <laughs> That's Kiwi talk. And so we did a little, little tune about uh, Grenville Dietrich. 18 stone, kicks a lot of goals. Got eight goals in the opening round last week, I think. And he was pissed. I love to have a beer with Grenville. I love to have a beer with Gren. We drink wherever he wants to. And we never ever stop till Grenville says when we don't drink in moderation. And we don't drink one or two. I love to have a beer with Grenville. Indeed, indeed I do. 
Now, I've just got one other little snippet here of information. I've got in my hand a little article. Oh, is that all? I thought you had a complete South Australian suite of, of reworked more. VFL songs that are well, saving them up. I've got it. I dreamt that Woodville won the big one, too. <laughs> but I won't go into that, but I do have a little clipping from the age here which says, Norwood gets offer from Europe. And I thought, you beauty, they've gone past the National League, they're going straight to some soccer federation. The World League. And unfortunately, I'm reading on, of course, it's Malcolm Norwood, the runner. But uh, that really lifted my little heart yesterday in the Asia. I thought they Olympics. might have been having Europe Strength Bars as their sponsor. <laughs> no way. So that's about all from their music corner, and I use that term in as loose as possible since for today. Competition time, Jeffrey. And, Certainly, uh, and thanks to all the listeners who wrote in in response to our last week's competition, which was entitled... The uh, picker side of hangers-on or blokes who should have retired before this season started. There were a number of champions who have retired, like Lee Matthews, Peter Knights, etc. And uh, we, we suggested the picker side of blokes who should have retired. And the response has been terrific, especially as last week was Easter. I thought a lot of people would have been away, but it was obviously the lure of that dinner at John Cannis's Rising Sun Hotel in Raglan Street, South Melbourne that got them. And in. we can recommend it. John, you looked after us very well yesterday. Steak and lasagna, fabulous lunch. And beautiful. Mind you, I think I ate that lasagna about three more times last night, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice down there. The, the, the ambiance was very pleasant. And one of the entries, in fact, today came from Ballarat, so they must be picking up the show loud and clear up there. Otherwise, I was just up there on holidays last week and decided to send one in. But what some great entries. And I tell you what, Richo, you won't be too impressed. Greg Strawn has featured in a lot of sides. <laughs> He's popped up quite a few times. That's says Craig Stewart. Craig Stewart. In fact, uh, quite a few Richmond Barry players. Rollings. Barry Rollings. Barry Rollings. John, John Cannis over here, you used to be a bit careful. You've featured in three sides, <laughs> and you haven't even played yet. <laughs> the Mobile Boys, Murray Blenheim and the boys, not very happy. The Mobile Boys are back with us already. Yeah, but their computer's down at the moment, so they had to just send in a simply word-processed entry rather than one done on the colour plot. And there was also an entry here from, obviously, an Essendon supporter pretending not to be one. It says, the half-forward line of Harvey, Merritt and Vanderhaar get rid of them in the interests of a closer competition. Well, that's what I think of your entry, Essendon supporter. So the, the Mabel boy suggested that uh, the president who should have given it away was Ferdinand Marcos. Well, he already has, so uh, we couldn't give them the prize. Um, there was one that suggested the whole St Kilda team. Yeah, Sorry, Simon. Obvious. And there was quite a few... Obvious, obvious. A couple of entries which included a number of Collingwood players over the last 10 or 15 years. But uh, the, the one I particularly like, I've got a heap of them here. The, Carl I, the Carlton side, last week's Carlton last side. Last week's Carlton side was here. Uh, Emmett Dunn did pretty well. In fact, David Clarke was here just a moment ago. He got into one team himself because they said he was too old and has white legs. <laughs> um, Robbie Flower. Now, there's, there's a strange one, but people suggested he should give it away because he's always getting injured, as was uh, Peter Jonas because he breaks his legs too often. And even one person suggesting Robert Neal should have retired because he's too ugly. Now, <laughs> Steve, Steve Reynoldson. Steve Reynoldson should never have started, according to one person. And uh, shot. Not notice the lack of Footscray players there. Obviously, everyone's hoping that they do well this Well, I'm year. just getting to them. Someone suggested Bruce Reid as captain. Now, he did play for Footscray. Yes, but we did the best thing. We swapped him for Jim Sewell and Carlton. That's the first time Carlton came off. Well, Tony, you've, you've done it now because you've got a bit carried away because one entry actually names you as one who should give it away. And that was the one I was going to make the winner this week. <laughs> <laughs> it came from uh, Peter Fuller out at uh, Warrenwood, and Peter picked a team... That uh, he said, Where's Warrenwood, Toby? I don't know, never heard it's of it. Between, it's been halfway between Warrandyte and Ringwood, get oh, it? Geez. And uh, actually, there was a team come from out that way too, from out Eltham North, and it said, uh, keep up the good work, and it was from Laurie DeWire. <laughs> just wondering whether that is, in fact, the Laurie DeWire who used to wear 27 for uh, North Melbourne. The winning entry, Ian? The winning entry came from Peter Fuller. Rather than, su rather than suggesting players who might properly have retired, I think it's far more obvious that a number of commentators should have retired, and I've selected the following team to reflect this view. 
from the back line, Ray Walker, Bob Henderson, Don Scott, halfbacks Jack Edwards, Ted Whitten, George Fatty. Centres, Ian Robertson, Gary Bryce and Doug Hayward. Half forwards, Bob Davis, John Newman, John Murphy. Forwards, Lou Richards, Peter McKenna, Peter Keenan. The Rucks, Jeff Leak and Ron Brassy. The Rover, Lee Matthews. Interchange, Gerald Burke and Mick Ehrman. The, the, the uh, general manager, Bill Jacobs. The umpires, Ian Cleveland and Harry Bartzell. And the hangers-on, Peter Landy, Sandy Robertson, Ian Major. The reasons being that uh, Bryce, Newman, Matthews and Walker have actual or potential conflict of interest. <laughs> Henderson, Burke, Whitten and Ferry have an inadequate grasp of the language. Nearly all of the above have an inadequate understanding of the game. Doug Hayward and John Murphy are sanctimoniousness. Uh, Don Scott and Ron Brassy, great careers shouldn't be diminished by inadequate performances in the press box. And Jeff Leake for supporting Essendon too, obviously. And Ian Robinson for his new haircut. And P.S. I am tempted to add Tony Leonard to the list on the grounds that Footscray can't or won't have another season as good as 1985. Help that, Tony. And who's the winner's name? Peter Fuller from Warrenwood. And uh, if Peter likes to call him, we'll organise that. John, what has he won? Uh, a, a fabulous meal for two at the Rising Sun. No, uh, in lunch, South Melbourne? In South Melbourne, lunch or dinner. So Peter should uh, ring the pub and ask to speak to you, John. Yep. Tony? A special mention to the link, too, for their entry. You like that one? Mm. Do uh, they name you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Johnny, did you have a big night last night or what? Because you've been on the I suppose, the breath is. <laughs> now, this week's competition, it is a literary competition of 100 words, more or less. <clears throat> you are at Waverley this afternoon. You are watching uh, Footscray and Fitzroy. It is three-quarter time. Now, this is an actuality. You are David Parkin. So whatever the situation is this afternoon at three-quarter time, you have to address the play. You have to address the Fitzroy Football Club, given the circumstances. And words like spine, corridor and out-endeavouring are essential <laughs> in the entry. Tony, are Fitzroy going to be leading or...? Oh, the score's level? No, it, it, you have to take the actuality situation. Oh, I get Whatever you. it is at three-quarter time... I didn't understand in, the word in, actuality. Whatever it is in today's game, you've got to put yourself in DP's position... Davey and, and ...and write, write your three-quarter time address. Yeah, and then there's no sparing of words. Despite the fact you might be talking to footballers, you are David Parkin. OK, so bung that one in, in approximately 100 words. Send it in to us here. There could have been champions, 25 Victoria Street... Fitzroy, 3065. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, Simon, and everyone. Morning, Greg. Good morning. Now, some, some of the listeners have noticed you've turned back to poetry. Back to poetry. And I've got a letter I haven't shown you yet. Yes. Greg came in through the week. Someone's got yes. a bit of a big rap for you and a bit of a suggestion. I'll give that to you a bit later in the show, and you can look at it. You right. love that, don't you? You love that, Greg, don't you? When I'll people send in songs and insist you do them. Yeah, and I love the odd fan letter, and I do like to, I like to be encouraged for the poems because... Poems are a higher form of thinking, Simon. And oh, I couldn't agree more. Too often uh, people sort of say, you know, what's your next song and that, but uh, sticking with the poems. And today's offering, Simon, If Danaher Became a Swan. Oh, a horrible thought. You wouldn't be a magpie fan unless you had a go at the ump. You wouldn't be Dippier Domenico if you didn't go to thump. It wouldn't be the same game if the fights didn't go on. And it wouldn't be football anymore if Terry Danaher Become a Swan. You can take a Timmy Watson and turn him into a wing. You can put Robbie Flower anywhere and ask him to do anything. You can take away the final four, you can put two umpies on, but you can't take Terry Danaher and turn him into a swan. I can do without Rioli wearing the golden black. We can live without Temple Templeton if he hey. has to get the sack. But from me to you, I'll tell you straight, football would be as good as dead if we couldn't see Terry Danaher playing in the black and red. Oh, yeah, here, here, but uh, that... Wolf. That horrible vision almost came true. Well, the reason I'm uh, writing about it is because Denner was nearly a swan, and yep. uh, 
I just felt that, uh, you know, you can football is self-destructing. A lot of people are saying if Danaher had gone this one, it would have really undermined a mile fiber of the game. My word, it would have. Yeah. You know, they bought the Nagels, they bought the Riolis, uh, but if they'd got Terry Danaher, well, money can buy everything. That's right. And, that uh, kid Freckle face, it's hard to believe that he would play for money. Yeah. And, and uh, football wouldn't be worth talking about. Did you have a look at the Swans last Sunday? Uh, no. I listened. Listened all day. Yeah, I had a bit of a look at it. Oh, gee. Very dull old game. Collingwood looked so, um... Average. Terrible. <laughs> they really did, <laughs> Happy times. For, and, you know, for the first time in my life, I can honestly say I was... You know how often you'll barrack for a side, but internally you want... You know, it's a gut reaction that you really want some other side to win. Don't I've never me. felt a gut reaction of wanting Collingwood to win a game. This is a significant watershed Sunday. in the history of football. It you really was a pro Collingwood gut reaction. But then I felt I felt rather ill after it because I thought, well, <laughs> this is exactly what the VFL want. They are creating this Melbourne Sydney antagonism, which, um, well, it's which certainly working in my case because uh, those Swans, I want to see them clobbered. Well, actually, it's not working in every case, Simon. Uh, my girlfriend, as a matter of fact, has uh, yeah. started barracking for the Swans only this year. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, Warwick Kappa's posterior has got a little bit to do with it, but um, I think that there's uh, there's uh, yeah people building up that sort of resistance and already. They're uh, barracking for the swan. <laughs> Trevor, it's awful to feel that you've been manipulated. Now, Greg, I've made a request this week for a very you're feeling the manipulating, <laughs> Jeff, really? Uh, one of one of your songs that, that hasn't been recorded yet, but it's been it's proven popular, and I've asked you to sing it for a very special reason. Well, that's right, you have too, but uh, that reminds me too. This yeah, song will be on our next tape, Simon. Hey, and when are we going to do that? We're recording next week. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're waiting for the third Could Have Been's cassette, it's going to be released in about three weeks' time and it'll have uh, such wonderful things as Drunk at the MCG and... Uh, a special a new mix, a the new disco mix. mix. That's right. Also, of course, the Under-19 song. Yep. And we're hoping to coincide that with our first live gig for the year at the Armadale Hotel on May the 3rd. It's all locked in and ready to go now, Simon. Mm -hmm. On a Saturday night, ladies Ooh, and gentlemen. Saturday. Listeners, boys and girls, Saturday night, May the 3rd, Armadale Hotel. It could have been his first live show for the year. The launch of our third cassette, uh, which will include this song. Robbie Flower is a champion. Rioli is a star. But they don't break legs like Big Paul Vanderhaar. Tommy Alvin is a beauty, Greggy Phillips is quite good, Jimmy Jess is Jimmy Jess, but Dermot Burton is a hood, Dermot Burton is a hood, Dermot Burton is a hood, he had an ugly childhood, and he'll never be any good, I wouldn't try to tell yous if I didn't think I should, he's your classic Aussie knucklehead, Dermot Burton is a hood. Now some blokes catch the umpy's eye, some just do their job. Some are trim and fit and some are slobs. Well, some are quite intelligent, some misunderstood. Some are well brought up, but Dermot Burton is a hood. Now Dermot Burton is a hood, Dermot Burton is a hood. A bloke that comes from Frankston could never be any good. I wouldn't try to tell yous if I didn't think I should But in plain old Aussie English Dermot Burton is a hood 
And welcome, oh, fab. welcome back to Dermot Burton, a player from, truly from the fourth dimension. And one, a one big the, rap for that song too, isn't he? One of the Berserk Warriors, back today after suspension. It'll be great to see you. Yeah, you he heard it the other week. He gave me a ring. He said, uh, I'd like to speak to Jeff, to Greg about it, so I gave him your address and you can no, pop round any time. Thankfully, listens, he does like the song, which is a good thing if he has And that's, it. that's coming up on, on our, our new, could have been third LP. It's talking records, Mung, you've brought in a very special record tonight. I've, I've brought in a record, that's right. I thought it might help uh, motivate Jeff Rains a little to take the pay cuts, because poor old Collingwood, we can't afford him. He's one of the more highly paid players at Collingwood, of course. There's a moral to the story that uh, when it's rains, we're poor. So, <laughs> Jeff, we can't afford to keep you. Here's a song recorded by and sung by Jack Thompson uh, the Sunday morning after the 1979 grand final, Collingwood versus Carlton. He had a hangover. He went down to the studios at 6 o'clock in the morning and it puts a bit of the Collingwood fight back in the old bloodstream, Jeff. Over here, I'm sorry, I'm a bit late, uh, fellas, but I was coming up Rathdown Street uh, on the way to the show this morning. One of those stretched LTD limos did a turn in front of me and it held me up for about 15 minutes. And I, I, I stopped then to have a look to see who was in the back of it. And I couldn't tell whether it was John Elliott or Ferdinand Marcos, but uh, it was heading towards Princess Park anyway, and, and it, it held me up. But I've made it now and had time to have a look through the entries for the comp. And as you recall, this week you had to take the actuality. That was the situation at three quarter time last week at VFL Park between Fitzroy and Footscray. And write what you thought David Parkin's address would have been at three-quarter time. And Fitzroy were down 11 points at the time. And uh, I, I recall Tony Leonard at the time when we were listening to the game saying, 
Oh, this has made it perfect for the comp. Well, that didn't make it perfect for Tony because Fitzroy got up and beat Footscray. Uh, I like the one the mobile boys have got the computer back in action. And, of course, the... Uh, the, the winner, the, this isn't necessarily the winner, but the winner will win the, the, uh, the lunch or the dinner for two down at the Rising Sun Hotel in Raglan Street, South Melbourne, courtesy of John Kennis. John, did last week's winner come in? No, we haven't seen, uh, we haven't seen anyone yet. I've got the entry at home, but... Uh... You'd, be, you'd be quite happy that the winners didn't come in because that's two free meals you didn't have to give up. Yep, that's, that's for sure. So that was Peter Fuller. Don't forget to get in touch with uh, John, please, Peter, because he... he, he, he you don't have to. He you took the lunch for you and it's still waiting down there in the Bay Marie. Dried out. Anyway, I like the way that uh, the, the mobile boys, Raymond and... Uh, and Murray suggested that David Parkin would have brought the players into the huddle. I would say, come in close to me, but uh, David said, converge adjacent to me, my subjects. <laughs> and, uh, and goes on with uh, suggesting their requirement of 11 points to, in to attain the equilibrium with our adversary is within the realm of our capabilities. This final quarter should embody the uppermost utilisation of the central corridor of this vast arena. <laughs> Consequently, it is essentially imperative that the leather missile be recoiled vast distances. <laughs> And so it went on. I like this one too, where uh, unfortunately they didn't put a name on this, but it said, okay, gentlemen, let's have some meaningful dialogue. To all intents and purposes, in a manner of speaking, as it were, the scenario is this. In that stanza, our talls didn't operate at full capacity and our smalls didn't work hard enough. Now, I took points off there because it should have said, our smalls didn't work hard enough at the work face. <laughs> LAUGHTER And uh, there was one other that, which I liked, and this is the one I've made the winner. It's from John Kelly. He had the, he had, uh, the Footscray coach, Mick Malthouse's uh, three-quarter time address as well, which was, go wide, doggies, go wide. Go wide. <laughs> Hit the boundary. But the David Parkin uh, speech was, fellows, this discreet, innocuous, non-expository, rodent-excreter-like formulation of your on-field endeavour in the third quadrant, I like that better than quarter, has left me engraved out as to the merit of your continued adornment with the club apparel. You must now sublimate the robust gale and go on to achieve major scores after 7, 12, 18 and 26 minutes along with 59 kicks, 26 marks and 42 handballs. Very precise there, David. <laughs> this should partially preclude our present paradox and while appearing to be the communal conceptual synthesis should provide sufficient reason for the conclusion of my linguistic manifestations. And a victory by 10 points. Go to it. John Kelly, you'll be dining at the Rising Sun this week. Uh, Rob McGowan and Rod Gear, who are a breakaway from the mobile systems boys. Uh, it's an old gag, fellas. That's all I can say. Uh, their, 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 their speech was an old gag. And uh, also, don't forget the, this week we want the entries. You get them in earlier because we had a couple of late ones that didn't sort of make it by the, the Saturday morning. They came in Monday. One of them was from a chap who complained last year that he never won this week because his entries always got in after the event. This week's comp. Going back to teams, Simon. A lot of people would have seen the big picture of Kevin Murray on the uh, paper during, on the back page of the Age during the week, and it was great to see Kevin back. Great to see that toothless gob back uh, before our very eyes, and that's what you, the competition is this week. Players without teeth. Uh, obviously, Scratch and Neil will be uh, doing the rack raving, but uh, <laughs> the fight, the fight and I'll tell of full forward. They don't have to have played with no teeth. Blokes who played with dentures might see Doug Wade at full forward. Or Jacko, Jacko in the pocket, of course. Now, you don't have to supply the photographs of the players to prove it. <laughs> just write them down. I think we've all seen them. John, well, just by the way, I, I heard you earlier saying that you, you're not in the Hawthorne team today. Was there any chance of you going over to, to Fitzroy? Because you'd understand that sort of talk that David Parkin goes on with. No, no, he didn't learn that at Hawthorne. Oh. Something's gone wrong. I think Burwood Teachers College might have come through with that one. <laughs> no, they're uh, Fitzroy going to stick with Mark Wiedemann, are they, in preference to you, John? Uh, yes. Now, listen, um, I've just got one more thing. I, I, whilst I'm on the microphone here... Uh, 
uh, I, of course, being a bit of a Geelong lad in my time, I've sent I've sent Tommy down to Geelong this morning to see if we can get a word on Jacko. Everyone's been saying to me, Cove, what's the story with Jacko? I don't know. Harry, you're getting the roof. Can you hear me? Yeah, now, Tommy, uh, Tommy, you're down there at... Yes, I've been here all morning. I've been waiting here since the dead sea was sick, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, have you found out the latest on uh, Jacko for us? Yes, my word, I have, Harry. He's left the club of Geelong, you know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and where's he going? Well, he's got a job with Australia Post now, Harry. And what, what's he doing there? Well, he's a stamp designer. And, and what's he putting on it? Well, what he's done, he's designed a stamp with the face of a dog on it. Yeah, and what's so good about that? Well, it licks itself, Harry. Okay. Well, go Thanks, Tommy. Well, there's the latest on Jacko for you, Richo. Back to you. Good morning, Greg. Morning listeners, morning Jeff, morning everyone. <laughs> I can see you've got dressed in a hurry, your fly's undone, your shirt's hanging out and you've done up your top button without a tie on. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. <laughs> Take it easy, that's fashion. Yeah, that's that's what they do nowadays, Jeff. Uh, the old um, slash to the waist look that uh, you're so, it's still so popular with you is not quite the thing around town anymore. That gold chain could do with a bit of work too. <laughs> okay listeners, it's announcement time. Hey, great, great week for... Um, South Australian football fans, though. North Adelaide knocking off Melbourne. I love that. You would have been pleased to see that. I loved it. 27 Gren points. Grenville Dietrich, that uh, fat full forward who with a big alcohol problem. But only got the two. And he's not as big as they told me he was. In yeah. The, you know. I was expecting a real John Taylor, but yeah, uh, not, not so. No, but it's great to see anyone, uh, any SA side, knock off a... What's coming over on the... Uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah what was that? And announcement time, listeners. Yep. The first live Coulda Beans gig, May the 3rd, yep. Armadale Hotel, Saturday night. It's going to be big and it'll also be the launch of our new footy tape. This now, tape. is this going to be the same sort of deal as uh, the other ones in the restaurant there? or? No, this time we're going upstairs where we can pack more people in. <laughs> Get it together, Richard. <laughs> What's he doing over there? It sounds like a... Mission control here. Oh, look, I'll control the mission. You, you two just look Sheesh. after the program. Listeners, our third foot, uh, footy cassette in the outer with the Could Have Been Champions will be released for our live gig at the Armadale Hotel May the 3rd. That's a Saturday, that's a fortnight today, I think. And that cassette's sounding pretty good to me, champs. I had a bit of a uh, rough listen to it the other day. I'd say it's the best ever. Well, we're pretty pleased with the product. It's got a few of the old hoon pleasers drunk at the MCG and, of course, the under-19s on it. Dermot Brereton is a hood. Dermot Brereton gets a gig, of course. And not to mention a few of the other uh, tracks, uh, Ricky Kennedy, Jimmy Cracker, and What's It All About Jelly, etc. The tracks just roll on and on. There's about 18 tracks on this one. It's bigger and better, and it possibly is our best yet. I hope you're well, do people, do people book for this thing, or uh, what's the story? Are you just front? I actually, I don't know if you can get tables yet, but we'll let you know next week. Okay, um, let's go. What have we got this from, Greg? All right, let's do a couple of tracks off our new cassette. Uh, we'll do Tucky. Lyrics supplied by Peter Murphy. Who's the one who dives into the pack And sends us back into attack? It's Tucky. Oh, Tucky. Who's the one who took the free in the second semi in 1983? It was Tucky, oh Tucky. Who's the one who proudly wears a brown and gold but has to wear long sleeves because he feels the cold? Yes, it's Tucky, oh Tucky. 
Who's the one who never missed a training night But still put in a mile of copper pipe Yes, it's Taki Who's the one who won't believe it's over Even though he's gone his hope on number one rough rover Who's the one who runs all day Though the days are getting shorter Tucky's still okay Tucky Oh Tucky Tucky We love you Tucky Oh Tucky What's the meaning of racial prejudice? What are your ears stick out at night? And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's Tucky. That's about the famous uh, Hawthorne uh, utility player. Before the panel gets underway, five minutes away from 11 o'clock, Ian, this week's competition and listeners' competition entrance, we've got a bit of a... Well, we're not, we're not really all that happy, are we? Now, I've got to do the three-quarter time speech and talk it up among the, uh, the, the uh, competitors. Standard of entries down and number of entries down. Now, don't tell me you're getting bored by the football and the challenge after only three weeks. And uh, I thought perhaps that that also might be a reason for this is because people are worried about the mobile boys always entering. So I thought what we'll do is we'll give the mobile boys the prize this week, get them out of the way. They won't win again for the year. They can argue over the dinner for two because there's about eight of them in the uh, syndicate down there. And uh, that gives everyone else a chance to win from here on in. The, the, uh, the competition was to pick a team of toothless players. The uh, mobile boys, there, there, are, uh, there is another group called the mobile breakaway boys. The plus independent entry. Plus an independent entry as well. But it's the ones with the, the flash computer with the green football field in the middle that have uh, picked the side of Kevin Sheedy, Ray Biff and Terry O'Neill. Halfbacks, Kevin Murray, Bruce Stool. Some people may not have known that, but there was a picture in the record two weeks ago and I couldn't see any teeth whatsoever. <laughs> and Ron Barassi. Santa's Robert Neal goes without saying. Merv Hobbs and Dick Clay. Half forwards, Roger Dean, Bob Johnson and Sam Kakovich. Forwards, Alan Morrow, Doug Wade and Trevor Keogh. I think he lost his courtesy of Mel Brown. <laughs> uh, the followers, Peter Keenan and Travis Pays, the rover Georgie Bissett, and just missed out Ian Cooper. Could be I am either or, or both. Jack Dyer, Peter Dacos, and Don McKenzie. And uh, what really tipped the scales was that the team doctor is Dr. Aylett. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of... <laughs> it's a few, few jobs out of him there. So a meal for two at the and Rising Sun. Some of the failed entries made mention of David Palm, but really... He's not eligible <laughs> yet. One of, the mobile, one of the mobile entries has got Phil Cleary in the centre and George Stone on the wing. And says... If these two still have their own teeth, I'll get John Taylor <laughs> to pay them a visit. <laughs> but the, the Mobile Boys are, are welcome round where, John? To the Rising Sun in South Melbourne, Raglan Street and Eastern Road, for a meal for two. And Murray, you're not getting anything too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Entrees all round. <laughs> OK, Tony, we've got to have another competition next week. And listeners, we want quality entries. Yes, well, it's, in fact, we want small entries. And in fact, the winner will be judged by the number of letters you use. We want 20 footballers who have the shortest names in position on record. So blokes like Cole, K-O-L, will get a game. And uh, some of those Richmond sides with Jeff, Jess and uh, Lee and blokes like that. So it's 20 footballers with the short, the smallest names ever to play league football. And they've got to be in the correct position. And the winner will be the person who uses the least amount of letters. The least number of characters. Now, I, people might think this gives the mobile boys another advantage because they'll be able to run their teams through the computer and have it add up the number of letters, but everybody can count. There's a bloke in Adelaide called I or EY. I don't know if he's <laughs> I or A or what he is. He could get a gig. So that's it. You send those entries in here to 3 R 25 Victoria Street, Fitzroy, and the winner will have a dinner for two.
Yeah, well, it's a promotion for us today, George. Yeah. What time is it? 21 past 10? Can we go through at 11 o'clock? I think we can, mate, because it's such a devastating act. No Phil Cleary here at the moment. As usual, Tony, we're propping up the VFL. Yes, of course we are, because uh, <laughs> things are in a little <laughs> bit of disarray, but we're not. Uh, we're ready for it this week. And, of course, George, the big news from VFA circles last week was uh, Reno Preto's 20 goals. And, uh, ooh, gee whiz. What a, what a great effort, because it's hard enough to get 20 kicks in a game, let alone kick 20 goals. Yeah, actually, if you were playing, if you had 20 goals, George, you would have been kicking them from just uh, about 15 yards yeah. out. Yeah. Because you, you, you weren't a prodigious kick. No, I, had to, I always kicked off the ladies' tee, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a bit shorter than the... Uh, than the normal long and, and of course, too, like there's a few clubs in second divisions going badly. Did you play for any of those ones that are going badly in second Most division? Certainly, I um, I was at Campbell when they were up and coming. And, yeah. Uh, you jumped and off the bandwagon. They won a flag. Uh, they got uh, no, they got beaten in the flag uh, in the grand final. Then we then I went over to Brunswick, and of course they won a flag a couple of years later. Now look, you two, before you get fully carried away with the VFA, George, I, I want to ask you this on air. I did ask you off air last week. Last week. Bernie Shee was making quite pointed remarks on uh, why Hawthorne's been unable to beat Essendon. Now, did you carry those remarks with you back to the club this week? Well, no, I didn't. I didn't. You, you, uh, you stored them <laughs> up. I've <laughs> put them in the uh, in the memory bank. I'll mention them at the right time, which I'll probably do within a fortnight. But you had such a big night Saturday night, George, you wouldn't be able to remember what he said. Oh, who was that bloke? Bernie Sheedy or something? Okay. I, 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 I was just yeah, well, interested in that. Uh, so I suppose, you yeah. didn't tell Jeansy straight away. <laughs> what, what would Alan have said? He, what was he? Well, no, I suppose he's. Uh, he's Give us your Alan Jeans impression, George. He's, he's coach of the Hawthorne side. I suppose if anyone wants to take. Oh, hang on, it's VFA corner. We'll, yeah. we'll bring George yeah, up to I, do that. Yeah, I shouldn't the end. have done that to you. Yeah. Okay. Now, oh yes. So congratulations, Reno Preto, because we sat on the same table as him, George, yes, at the dinner, yes. and he told you rather pointedly that he liked kicking goals because there was more glamour in it. And you he were said right. he didn't want to play at fullback because there was no glamour down there. Yeah. So he, he got himself shifted to full forward. I don't know if you stand behind the goals at uh, Sunshine. In front of the goals at Sunshine, there's a bit of glamour down there. Last week, there were a couple of young adolescents rather uninterested in the football, but they were well covered up uh, between the blankets. <laughs> and, of course... Uh, well, just before you go on, though, Reno has uh, uh, fallen ill, actually. He's, yeah, uh, hey, which even makes the uh, performance more meritorious. Even a bigger one. So uh, we hope he's on the men, too. And... Uh, well, Expect especially Ronnie Maynard, hope he's on the men, because Ronnie sat next to him and the, was rather uh, impressive sitting next to 170 goals last year, and he's certainly on target yeah. again. This, 
Yeah, which makes you think, George, you know, like second division, there might be a couple of clubs falling away there. Well, there's, there's bound to be a few of those clubs that obviously uh, the VFA are going to have to trim back next year. Would you like to name them? No, not at all. Yeah, because you, you don't want to get a hate <laughs> mail that Phil Cleary's See, been it's getting. Nice, it's nice not having Phil in here, isn't it? Well, it doesn't, get a, the, room word doesn't, in. the room doesn't smell as much anyway. Yeah, yeah. And of course, last week, uh, well, I've got to say something nice about Coburg, uh, and that is that they probably emerged as the early season favourites with two convincing victories over last year's grand finalists. Yeah, well, I suppose Coburg have, um, have recruited very well. Yeah. Along with... Uh, Oh, they've, they've always been a good side and hard to beat out at, uh, at uh, the City Oval. So I'd say, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be one of the top sides. Do you think year. Williamstown might be missing the, the drive that John Taylor gave them last year? Well, certainly uh, John was an inspiration to them and uh, helped them warm up considerably. <laughs> but uh, I'd say that uh, they'll do well. Williamstown will do well Because well. really and truly, they've got Barry Rand and Kim Kershaw down there. Yeah. It's not as if... Uh, a lot of cloth goes into those jumpers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Actually, if they had to buy their jumpers, they'd be oh. 50 or $60 worth going on the material. Just, just a couple of blankets with arms cut out yeah. on them, that's all. Actually, they'd be the worst coloured blankets, blankets at sky blue and uh, You'd have the a nightmare. Eyes. Nightmare if you woke up with a blanket on like that. <laughs> um, and, of course, uh, Frankston. But now, before, before you go on, yes, mate. obviously the big topic of the week is Jacko going to play at Brunswick. That's probably the topic. Well, whoever let that out... Every paper you pick up... ...deserves their backside kicked Ooh. because um, I believe he had spoken with Brunswick. But uh, if Phil Cleary was here, we might have to team up in the VFL part of the show. But, uh, well, he's obviously spoken with the ball club. Ah, oh, mate, more club, been through more clubs than the Southern Aurora has been through stations. But the thing about it is... He was speaking to Coburg last Wednesday night, and Phil didn't bother to ring me up. In fact, I was quite surprised. Phil was probably the last person Cleary was thinking of. And he's in Adelaide today, so probably a bit premature. But well, things like that can uh, just yeah. get out, can't they? Premature oh, sure, things. Sure. Obviously, it wouldn't be cheap either. And I, uh... yeah, well, what, would, what would a bloke like Jacko get, George? Now, when oh, you were playing, when you were at your, those halcyon days of, what, 1972, 73, what well, were you go getting? Going back to the Brunswick days when they had all the big names there, such as Jenkins and uh, Robbie McGee. And yeah. Williams from Essendon and Stone and uh, Gingell, <laughs> yeah. all those players. You know, there was, there was the a, last two were Big Stone and Gingell. Yeah. One ended up the ABC uh, commissioner, didn't he? <laughs> but there, uh, you know, in those days, I suppose four or five hundred dollars wasn't out of the question. So I suppose Jacko would be at least um, he would be. I looking think it's a large. Be getting a large. And his, his sportsman's nights uh, working at the same rate would be fairly expensive. So yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I reckon you'd. Are we going to be like going to one of those concerts listening to Madonna, the shrill from Jacko's voice after half an hour? The old ears would start to expand. Now, of course, too, uh, Frankston have started the um, the season off very, very well. Yes. And, uh, I don't know, uh, yeah, they've got some good blokes. And apparently the boy McCarty, the full forward, not overly tall, but can speak. And uh, David Dunbar from Frankston rang up George, and you'd be happy to know Unfortunately, Ronnie Main can't go, right. but you're invited, we're all invited down to the big Frankston night next Wednesday night. And for anyone that is interested in going, contact the social club tomorrow. It's $25 a head. Don't be put off by that. It's all the grog you can drink, and there is bundles of it. It is all the Chinese food you can eat, and there are piles of it. And um, What's the entertainment? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure, but contact the club. I couldn't be the same as last year anyway, George. We've got a big round of games tomorrow, mate. Most no, certainly. And we've got them this week too, yeah, which I, is even. We've got a little message here from. Uh, yeah, but from you won't be you won't be going down to Frankston. So no. thanks for the invite, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, we, I can't make it. We can't get down there. But my eyes haven't recovered. Oh, from and last that's year. I've got a really big scoop, which I was told I wasn't allowed to say, but Scotty Palmer beat me to it on Tuesday night. 
Um, but there's a Aboriginal boy. There's two. There's an Aboriginal boy down there. I've forgotten his name, who it is, and apparently he is a very good footballer, and I can't think who it is. Dennis, someone or other. You talking to me? Yeah. All right. I didn't know. I was reading the paper at the time. Okay, George. I was trying to work out this letter from, the, from, from someone from Telecom. What's it? A, hate, a bit of hate mail? Yeah, it says, from the boy at Telecom. Yeah. Now you know what games to talk about besides Coburg and, and, uh, and Ferran. So uh, some, the, thank the, you the, very they much. They sent us in half a dozen fixtures. Yeah. We have actually got the rounds. Uh, 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 yeah, the VFA forgot to send this one out this year. And of course, uh, the all the talk around town is sunshine arriving as a superpower in the VFA. Well, I'm not sure about that. Oh, they are, mate. They've beaten two first division sides oh, yeah. and they play Morty Alec this week. Okay, in Division 1, Brunswick played Geelong West. And wasn't it good that Brunswick were able to win a game like, you know, some of those second division yes, sides from last true. year, they come up and struggle? I think, I think Brunswick are doing a mighty job considering second division clubs, as you said, usually yeah. struggle in first division, and they've come up and already staked a claim in first division, so yes. uh, that's pretty impressive. And uh, I, I think Brunswick will win tomorrow, actually. I think they probably will win too. I think if things go so-so during the year for David Callender and Ron Thornton, Brunswick, and if they've won enough games, if those two blokes come back and play regularly for Brunswick, yeah, I'm saying if things don't start working out, it'll make Brunswick, they'll have the, a couple of really powerful link men, which Bernie Shee explained to me, but I had no idea what he meant. Frankston played Camberwell, and unfortunately for Camberwell, yes. things aren't going too well at the moment, George. Not too good. It'll be busy behind the Frankston goal, so any of those kids <laughs> who want a football down there, stuck yeah. down behind the Frankston goal, will be coming through quite often. Oh, actually, too, if that... Uh, get down there behind that screen, you can get a ball and run off quickly. <laughs> yeah, if the, if the wind's blowing straight down the ground, you only need to be three streets yeah. away. Yeah. Yes, I think there could be 30 or 40 footballs lost. All, all the crowds that play, all of the, the teams that follow Campbell all go around to one end of the ground because the game just keeps going down one end. They go all up the other end That's see if they can pick up a football. I think there'll be a few footies lost. Springvale yep. plays Sandringham. And, uh, I didn't I, see Sandringham getting beaten. I wouldn't think so, but there's a, there's a kid down there. He might have played league football before. Pardon me, it's called Anthony Allen. Tony Allen, number eight. He can play league well, scouts he, if he, you want to have a bit of a look at him. Sandringham? Yeah. He played at Hawthorne. Did he? he been at Hawthorne, yes. Oh, Played in the reserves. Well, I said pardon my ignorance, because you're, you're well in down at Hawthorne, well, aren't you, George? You you're the runner for Alan Jeans. Um, brought to you to us by the Rising Sun Hotel in South Melbourne. John, have, have those uh, dinners been getting gobbled off the last the last four weeks with Cert the winners been coming through? Been. Very, very happy customers, in fact, with the threat of coming back. Well, I'm interested in whether the, whether the winners are well behaved, because a lot of people try to say that, well, you know, they could have been champions, it just attracts a yobbo element as, as its listeners. Oh, the first, the first uh, winner, we had uh, wife and kids, which was very nice one evening. So we're bringing the families back to the rising sun? Certainly are, and we love it down there. And uh, it's just interesting to see how many entries we've got this week. Um, people are obviously hearing about the meals at the Rising Sun and uh, we're keeping, <laughs> obviously keeping Australia Post in business with the number of entries that people clamouring for a veal parmigiana at the <laughs> Rising Sun. It's, it's a very good morning to Ian Cover. Yeah, good you've, morning. You've been about working behind the scenes. You didn't get a chance to say good morning to the listeners Good earlier. morning again, listeners. <laughs> now, the reason you've been in the back room working is that after... You're ticking off of the listeners last week for the rather low level of entries. We've just had to bring in a bulldozer this week to get them all out of the mailbox. Oh, it's unbelievable, the, uh, the entries here, Rich. I've been out. I'm still going through them as I approach the microphone here this morning. It's fabulous meals. Um, perhaps I could go through a few because we've got a bit of time this week to, uh, to tell the listeners and, and, and you know, a few, few elephant stamps and a few little gold stars in the margin of the Varna exercise books. 
and uh, kicking right off first of all from one that came from Cole Hutchison. Now Cole Hutchison is the official statistician and author at Geelong of Cat's Tales and uh, Cole sent one in and he, he dug up one player for us called Thomas or Tony Ree or Ray spelled R-E just two letters who played Red. played three matches as a halfback flanker for Fitzroy in 1936-1937 Cole uh, points out that Phil Cleary may be interested to know that he played with Coburg in 82 matches from 37 until 41 I think Phil began with Coburg about then writes Cole <laughs> and he also points out an uh, an E.A. Foo, who was uh, educated at Wesley College. He played with Sydney YMCA before joining St Kilda in 1914. Is that F.U.? No, F.O.O. <laughs> where he played uh, four matches and scored two goals as a rover. Hey. Not a bad one, Cole. Cole's actual team was uh, present-day players, but it included a, four, a few players with four letters, including Pert, E, Drum, Deer, Jess, Tuck, etc. So um, that, that doesn't quite win this week, Cole. It's a plug for your book anyway. A lot of corporate entries again, though. They're going with the letterheads, obviously hoping to get free advertising. And uh, first off the rank, BUSM, Company of Australia. Bosom, I think. Bosom, Company <laughs> of Australia. And they got a little logo here that says M Hart. I don't know what that means. They've got a fair sort of side. And they, they uh, impressed also by naming the coaches Dick Lee, the president, Fox, as in Lindsay, secretary, TBA, as in to be announced. They couldn't quite think of one. The treasurer was a Mr. L.H. Cox, and the club doctor, Dr. Terry Gay. G-A-Y, that was very clever. Doesn't quite win, though. <laughs> with, the, with the corporate uh, entries, Ian, we've, we've had a bit of a, a revolt at Mobile. We've had another entry from the Mobile boys who, uh, who won the lunch last week, and they're looking forward to, um, to their lunch. Also, we will have Richmond Grove, Wolf Glass and Galway Pub available <laughs> for you, boys. Um, but Murray tells me uh, that they're going to plan a revolt against the management at Mobile. Uh, so management at Mobile, get your act together, get a tracksuit for the boys. They get enough airtime to uh, to warrant it and uh, if they don't they're going to threaten with anti-mobile entries they've sent an aside this week uh, and i think it's worth reading out without comment without comment yes from the back line got nice box half back line park ford car center line good by rose half forward line cook more lamb forward line palm long cocks the rucks, rucks, bat king and coal. <laughs> bat king coal. And the interchange is beer case. <laughs> Very good. They don't win. But they, they, no, you can't get two in a row. They were hoping that you were going to uh, sort of give them two in a row. That was Robert Hicks, proprietor Limited. They've got auto fashions. They've sent one in too. Just, it's a good team. All three letters. Um, such names as uh, as Hay, Cox, Boss, Mew, Eon, Lee, and. Uh, a bloke called uh, Yo, that's Y-E-O. They're putting down his M-Yo here from Melbourne. I think it was P, I think it was P-D-Yo. They, they got their plug anyway. Interesting one from the Freemasons Hospital in Clarendon Street, East Melbourne. Most interesting. Uh, um, obviously, someone up there recovering from a, a medial ligament operation. Still had time to write, type out the entry. Um, they say, sorry about the Cole brothers, but we were desperate. I think Melbourne were too buying one of them. <laughs> uh, Main Freight International. Very impressive. Typed out. Even knew something about my history. And... Uh, they got their plug. Now here's another corporate entry, the Telecom Boys, uh, headed by uh, John Dupay of Fergie Street in North Detroit. They, they got the bloke uh, with the two letters, R-E, but they're putting down a C and I think it's T. 
But they've got Ernie Hug in the back pocket and the computer's printed out a nice little Rolls Royce in the top corner with a chauffeur polishing it and they've put down Ernie's car. Because <laughs> you recall Ernie Hug drove the Rolls Royce. And, and George Stone tells me that Ernie used to drive around the paddocks with a bale of hay in the boot to feed it out to the, uh, the, the sheep or the cattle or whatever he had. John Dupay is a regular uh, uh, a fan of the band. See him often at those divey pubs like the Central in Brighton. So that, that was a gorgeous one, that one. Uh, nice little tattlethon aside there, Greg, thanks. Someone also tried to impress the judges before they went into the team by saying uh, that their, their team was thus described as a mob of men who tow the orb and who each go by a wee name. They're all short letters there, but then they went into four letter names in the team. Ah, <laughs> and they, they wasted all their effort on the intro. Yeah. And David McNeese, who sent in his entry on the back of a redhead matchbox. <laughs> <laughs> and the smallest writing I've ever seen legible. Yeah, and someone's had a go at you here too, Richo, because someone in naming the team said that they uh, they did so with uh, without repeating some of the names because they said uh, they, they did this for fear of being accused of having a lack of imagination, or as Richo would say, creativity and flair. Oh, thanks. So you, you've been recognised there. But the one that we've come up with a winner which Canis was very clever about this. He, 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 he decided on this with me in uh, conjunction that uh, the team with the shortest names, these blokes all played in grand finals. Now, there's a couple of names repeated, but they did play in grand finals. That's not a bad effort. From the back line. May of Essendon, 1950. Coy of Melbourne, 1926. And P. Hay of Hawthorne, 1961. All played in uh, winning teams. Same with the half-back line of R. Day, Hawthorne, 71. C. Mew, Hawthorne, 83. S. Hay, Hawthorne, 61. Centres, H. Hay, Melbourne, 1900. Stacker, hey. <laughs> Centre player was May of Eston of 1923. And on the wing, Berkeley Cox of Carlton, 1962. That was a losing side. Uh, good, says Tony. <laughs> Half forward, Way of Carlton in 45. P. Box of Footscray, 54. And Hay of Richmond, 42. They were all winners. Forward line, C. Lee, Collingwood, 1918. Uh, R. Lee, Collingwood, 1918 also. And L. Don of Richmond, 1921. They were all winners. In the rucks, Mark Lee, Richmond, 81, of course. Uh, G. E. On... 1980, of, I think that was. was sorry. G. E. On a Footscray. We'll have to take a... Don't, uh, don't give them that free carafe of wine, John. <laughs> G. E. On a Footscray, 61. That was a losing team in the Rover. John Law of Hawthorne, 1961, a winning team. Interchange bench, S. Race and Kilda. B. Lee, Footscray and Jack Dyer, the coach, Richmond, 1943. Now, with the could-have-been champions and it's competition time, Ian, and we're very pleased with the response to last week's... Well, it wasn't an easy comp, was it? No, it wasn't. The, uh, the competition was suggested by Tony Leonard. He always makes them hard, and this was to uh, sort of write down all those clichés that happen in the rooms before the game as you're sort of thumping the balls around and getting the last bit of Vaseline on the eyebrows so the sweat doesn't run down into them and the bit of oil on the hammy just before you go out. And as you're handballing around, it's all that sort of, you know... And the lure of a rising sun counter meal is just, just spreading all over Melbourne. It is. And, uh, John, the, the winners have all been coming down to the rising sun in Raglan Street, South Melbourne. Uh, we've actually had ten blokes in for the two meals on Thursday. Wanting <laughs> <laughs> 30, 30% discount across the board. We had the mobile boys in yesterday who... Um, arrived at 12.30 and left at half past six with one of the wives coming to pick the boys up. <laughs> They've gone out in the street, had a kick of the footy with, with some of the local kids, and then they spent the next half hour looking for their wallets. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I must again must say, last week's entries were fantastic. There's a few late ones got in, so you've got to get those entries in first thing in the mail on Monday. Oh, we we had a few late entries to the short-named players. Yes, it's, and I, it's a tragedy when good entries come in late, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because we had one there that had actually, they were making words out of them, like uh, the, uh, sentences like, Bat King Cole were the first rucks. I just saw one that came in late, that the back line was, Hug Gay Guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Now, moving right along, we had to get those clichés on the go. Some great entries there, John. Yeah, the mobile boys have done the right thing. They've sent us in some car stickers. <laughs> and they are after the tracksuits, and they've said that they're going to get plenty made so the boys will be looked after. They've gone for um, the 1983 dialogue in the Hawthorne changing room between Barney and Yabby, with probably the classic line coming from Barney Matthews, Come on, fellas, we were born for this. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, there was the institutional entries again, but a few of the uh, people that they send in now are getting a bit dark on that, and they're saying, look, I haven't got flash letterhead, but still read my entry, please. And uh, there were a few like that. There was one also that sent us a, a three-act play. Uh, this is the act one, the players arriving, act two, the warm-up, or let's get stripped, and then act three, the coach's address, and it was uh, from a game between Nudgy, Competer and Menangatang, uh, not enough cliches in there, a bit too much waffle getting through that, that first act, but we might look and see if we can adapt that and produce it ourselves. Yeah, and from Jeff Bindley out at Murrumbina, he only put five down, but they're the real, the real classics. Remember our supporters, don't let them down. <laughs> it's in our grasp, don't let it slip from our hands. And this is D-Day, the day we win our first flag. I've never, ever heard that one. And uh, there was also an entry that had 274 cliches that was from Warwick Nolan of Reservoir. Had a but, lot to do this week. Yeah, <laughs> some bad television this week. He was able to sit down and type it out. But uh, Warwick actually uh, not only used the cliches in the rooms among the players, he, he went through every commentator that's been on TV or radio for about the last 30 years with their warm-up too, with uh, you know Bobby Skilton giving his pre-match address and uh, Peter Landy with plenty of uh, very much so's Lou. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, of course, uh, Tommy and Harry down the rooms, but uh, seen as we do, Tommy and Harry, that one won't win. I was, I was, uh, pretty, <laughs> I was pretty pleased with uh, Pete the Pencil Pearson, the person who, um, who sent in a magnificently ruled up red, red margins, underlined the, uh, the funny lines. Oh, but, it's, uh, it's good to see his, his dislocated finger from our match last year. I wonder what year. grade he's in. Must have, uh, well, no, he dislocated his finger when he was training to play with us against Punter to Punter last year, and he's obviously regained the use of his thumb if he can use the ruler. The yeah. margins are straight. <laughs> the only thing that's missing from his letter is the AMDG at the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, someone else got very clever and tried to put a grand final speech in and uh, use players' names, such as, well, fellows, it's been a long road. This is do or die. I'm going to lay the law down right now. Jess, get your minds on the game. Socks up, tuck your jumpers in, and a bit of shine on those boots. Stretch those muscles, get all the kinks out. Now the weather looks black. Well, that's Melbourne. Rains all the bloody time. <laughs> so we're going to have to pass more, etc. Last week we played a motley old bunch, etc., etc. Uh, it was from the town hall. That's a pseudonym. Might have been the mayor of Collingwood. And it says, if I happen to win something, I come from Williamstown, which only we know. Fine. I think uh, that's a coded message. For and one, one, one that had them in positions from the back line, your just reward, halfbacks, don't go the man. Centres, run straight through. <laughs> Half forwards, back up the player. Forwards, always centre ball. Rucks, application and endeavour. The rover, heart, interchange, guts and determination. <laughs> uh, Wayne Plumridge of Werribee. He must have been listening to Johnny Murphy when he was coaching down there at one stage. But here's the winner for the footy cliche competition, and it comes from uh, Frank Brophy. And I don't know whether that's the bloke who was an umpire. There was a Frank Brophy at one time. Uh, Ron, Ron. Ron Brophy, was it? Well, anyway, Frank Brophy of Blackburn South uh, said, The following list of pre-grand final cliches is submitted for your consideration. I'm sorry I don't have a letterhead paper, but you could give North Old Boys A-grade ammos a play. Yeah, well, he? I hope he comes in on the Friday before we play them. Right. <laughs> Well, lace, and his, lace his food and his drinks. <laughs> Invariably, these cliches are prefixed by a long, drawn-out and deeply meaningful... Come on! 
delivered from deep in the diaphragm and the speaker will have his fists clenched and eyes bulging thus signalling to the players by this body language that he would love to be out there and he had such cliches as can you feel it fellas can you feel it this is what it is this is what it's all about come on no prizes for second <laughs> uh, and uh, a lot of you won't have this chance again don't let it slip think of the blokes who are injured fellas do it for them yeah, the writing, it looked like, think of the fellows who are insured. <laughs> and so on. There's no tomorrow, fellas, etc. There's a whole stack of them here. Let's do it, fellas. These entries and, of course, last week's teams, a selection thereof, will be on display at the Armadale Hotel tonight. Where we must emphasise it. This morning? Yes, he what? said he had a very heavy night out last night. He went on the turfs and got picked up by the police. Yeah. And, and the policeman said to him, will you blow into this bag? And Jack said, why? And he said, because my chips are too hot. <laughs> Okay, Tommy. He had such a heavy Tommy, night, I'll, Harry. Tommy, we'll see you down the MCG after the game. All right, Harry, I'll be off now. I'm going down to Port Melbourne. Okay, Tommy. See you later, Harry. Thanks, Tommy. Tommy, lay up, everybody. Let's hear it for Tommy. Watching my TV with a mate just the other day, he turned to me and said, man, those crow eaters just can't play. I turned around and said, man, that just isn't true. South Australians are great, as I'm about to tell you, cause came from Adelaide, man, came from Adelaide, man, South Australian made, man, drank Woody's lemonade, man, should have been there when they played, man, came from Adelaide. You got Peter Motley, Craig Bradley, Peter Jonas, Water Bonus, John Platten, Stephen Stretch, Craig McKellar, Water Fella, John Cale, Matt Randall, Milan, Platter, Keith, Pathetic, Mark Williams, Russell Lieber, Kernahan, Waterman, Rick Davis, Robert Clomp, Grand Corns, Boy Your Horns, Bill Malin, Greg Phillips, Mark Keller, can't you tell it? Came from Adelaide, man. Came from Adelaide, man. South Australian made, man. Drank Woody's lemonade, man. Should have been there when they played, man. Came from Adelaide. You got Philip O, Fred Bills, Fred Phyllis, Wayne Phyllis, Ken Farmer, Lindsay Beckham, Doug Thomas, Shelton Thomas, Neil Sachs, Mick Noonan, Jeff Bobby, Neil Curly, Ken Eustace, Skewy, Farmer, Glenn Hewitt, don't you knew it? Craig Cock, Gadcock, Woodcock, Kenny Schlock, Malcolm Blight, Bruce Slot, Ken Willen, how you feeling? Came from Adelaide, man. Came from Adelaide, man. South Australian made, man. Drank Woody's lemonade, man. Should have been there when they played, man. Came from Adelaide. You got Rex Boyd, Peter White, Bob Hammond, Kevin Salmon, Ian Day, LOA, David Granger, there's an angel, Bob Quinn, Trevor Sims, Ian Brewer, Rouse, Sewer, Dave Boyd, Daryl Hicks, Sonny Mori, that's the story, Rob Brin, Rigney, Window, Bagshaw, Lindsay Head, Peter Marker, Jeff Potter, what's the matter? Came from Adelaide, man, came from Adelaide, man, South Australian made, man, drank Woody's lemonade, man, should have been there when they played, man, came from Adelaide. Not Ballarat, Bendigo, Geelong, Dandenong, came from Adelaide. Sensational, Jeff. Uh, Jeff. Who are you? Jig. No, that Jig was great, Greg. Absolutely great. When did, you, when did you do that one? Did it during the week. Popped into the studios there, Ram Studio, Punt mm -hmm. Road, South Yarra. That mm -hmm. song, uh, in, by way of explanation, listeners, that song uh, is... Uh, well, Channel 7 Adelaide have shown some interest in getting some of my stuff for their various world of sport activities over there. And uh, particularly with the state clash coming up on Tuesday night, the interstate one, that's between your state and our state, uh, Simon. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I told them about this song and they uh, have expressed great interest in playing it. So hopefully they shall be playing that sometime during the telecast. Now, whether that means that you actually get it over here mm. or not, I don't know. But that's what that one's all about. Reeling off the South Australian players. The first verse has all the ones that just came to Victoria and then I just go through uh, a few other sort of semi-legends. What's the other one we're going to hear, Greg? Well, the other one... Uh, goes back to uh, 84 or 5, I can't remember which. And uh, you'll remember, listeners, 
those of you who have another side of the could have been champions that uh, the one track is yesterday sung by a rather well-trained uh, baritone voice and uh, the other side of that tape when we received it originally had a vocalization or a musical performance of a tone poem yeah of, of the team for the week now the team for that week happened to be the dud brothers didn't it jeff that was a very popular one at the dud brothers it keeps yeah. getting slung back in our faces i tell you what was also very popular someone was ear bashing me last night about it and that was the team of all the no hopers who played in a premiership side <laughs> right somebody thought that was the funniest thing they ought heard we ought to run it again yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, but, but before we just go on to that uh, next selection, uh, I want to point out uh, to the people, Jeff, that uh, the tapes have arrived at Brasher City and they're shifting well. Now, they're shipping units. They're but going out. But we'd rather you bought it here at 3 Triple well, that's R more if possible because Triple R then gets, gets a better cut of the income. That's right, and it's also ideologically sound to buy it from your local station, FM station. However, if you can't do that and you're in town, you're a busy person, like so many of us are. And you don't want to be messed around. That's right. Get your tape, Brashers City, Elizabeth Street, and uh, they've got all three tapes there. Now, unfortunately, they can't do the, uh, the discount for the three, but they're there. Uh, before we do go on, that song that, that we're about to hear, of course, is uh, the fella. They're from Oakley, I think. It's, it's uh, Roger Perrin's dad, Mr Perrin, and he sang about the Dud Brothers side. My team from the back line is Ordino di Fidomenico, Bruce Elliott and Serpini Renato. Halfbacks are John Tossel, Jonathan Reed, Rob Pokinghorn, and what more do you need? Centers are Jamie Barham and Wes Barrett. We have on the other wing Kevin Ablett. Half forward flanks are Tom Flower. Larry Watson, centre half forward is Alan Sidebottom. Forwards are Peter Cook and Justin Madden. In the pocket is Dud Twin, Stephen Richardson, Rux Tim Rendell and Darrell Schimmelbush, who's sharing the roving with Kelvin Matthews. Interchange players, they are Richard Keddy, Robert Brydis, and now that is my 20. These are all players who on a bad day turn to the fellow beside them and say, When I drop marks, when I fumble, when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember my more famous brother, and then I don't feel so bad. And not likely to at this stage, you'll do I played on a wing, believe it or not. I get to get on your own. I was a natural. I don't know. Hey, how did you the only way you could have gotten the side. Was it, how, how, did you, how did you get on in those eighteen man aside? Uh, I didn't like it at all. No, it was a bit close <laughs> for you, George. Wasn't it? That no, to give him, like had to give him a shot of adrenaline before the game to get him yeah. stirred up. I tried to get them all over on one side. And, and the, the, the other thing about the, the state squad, uh, Reno Preto, good selection, but uh, didn't train. Well, he can't train. Cook. Was he a wimp or something now? Oh, no, he's got diabetes. Oh, that's right. Oh, well, we'll accept that excuse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was in hospital, I think. Right, I don't think Fotheringham made the squad either. Yes, he did. 
No, no, he, he did not. No, he's kicked, kicked too many goals last well, week. Uh, what do you mean? So you, the competition, of course, this week was to send in a team of VFA could have been champions. That is the sort of players who you used to reckon would walk into a VFL side. Uh, some of the listeners got took a bit of a variation on the theme and sort of went through teams of blokes who people had suggested would walk into a VFL side but only walked in the once or twice for just the odd game like John Friend who played just one game at full forward for Geelong at Collingwood in 1971 and in the, in the team from Tony Hicks John Friend got picked at full back I mean, well, that's where he started more with Geelong West and his game at Geelong was at full forward and he kicked one goal that day Billy Ryan got four from centre half forward I recall I was driving back from the Flinders Rangers um, bit of trivia there we kept Phil clear uh, not Phil George Stone in here because uh, George, being a VFA expert, would uh, know some of these players have been named in the sides and be able to sort of give us a recommendation as to whether they are genuine VFA could have been champions. George, yes, uh, you've got one there. Well, so I've got an a, a entry here from a Coburg fan, obviously, and he's he's listed some players here that's well, obviously he's a one-eyed supporter. Have you here? Um, very entertaining, and we've had a wonderful morning. And uh, I'd like to present you with a, a bottle of Jim Bean and, and a box of Balenciaga. You get a double here today. You're doing better than the <laughs> other two. And uh, it's been a, a pleasure having you here. Thanks, Alan. Oh, thanks very much, George. Right. And it's the big, 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 big day tomorrow for the VFA supporters, Tony. Mitsubishi Cup Day, 1985, the big doubleheader, Ronnie. You're only saying that because you're going to the dinner tomorrow. Yeah, and you didn't get an invite. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if talk about spewing. Are you going to the... F uh, and before I think we should... Uh, Really show our appreciation of Phil Cleary. Great job done at Coburg this year, Phil. You're the only got one run, got, got, run out, got run out in straight sets. By a couple, <laughs> by a couple of pretenders. What happened, mate? Oh, it was a bad day, wasn't it? Just a bad day. Oh. Now we've got bloody Williamstown and Sandy. Oh. I'll tell you what, John Taylor is fatter than I thought he was. <laughs> I thought, he's the fattest man playing football I've ever seen. I thought Kim Kershaw was big, but he stood next to John he's, he's, he's just fat. <laughs> no. His head sort of disappears into his shoulders, doesn't it? And the, the fat sort of oozes up off the top. And you're going down to Williamstown tomorrow for the personality of the year, Phil. Oh, yeah, that's right, <laughs> I am too, yeah. For a, for a big comment like that. Rowan Conley, how are you, mate? All right, thanks, Tony. Um... Your, your thoughts of last week. What 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 went wrong with Coburg? Well, I, I don't want to point the finger at anyone, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought that's because he's standing next to you. <laughs> oh, I thought Coburg just stopped. Um, I think it was Nimmo who put them 13 points up at about the 20-minute mark, and they just started, you know, doing the fancy little short passes around the boundary line and Phil's handballing left, right, and centre. And uh, William Sanders yeah, said, right over, we've got time, and they did it. Yeah, actually, those goals that Rickman kicked too. Like, he had done a thing all day. Hardly had a kick all day. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, but I'll tell you something. Only one bloke in the association from about 60 or 65 metres you'd punt on getting it through. And coming up from uh, club... Our good mates down at Frankston, we haven't had anyone in this year because there hasn't been much to talk about at Frankston this year, Dave. No, it's uh, been very quiet down at Frankston this year, Tony, well, unfortunately. It wasn't too quiet that night we were there. Yes, so the ladies the place apart. No, the ladies' committee put on a big spread that <laughs> night. Yeah, right. monstrous. But George Stone <laughs> hasn't recovered from it, as a matter of fact. But um, 
it certainly was a big day for the VFA. You were there. Uh, your comments on the game, David? Yes, well, uh, I wouldn't like to point the finger either. <laughs> but uh, I just wondered why Phil left uh, Mel Webster out the side after his uh, fairly good performances leading up to the finals. Phil? And, uh, Lack of height on the forward line was always going to be a problem. Everyone talks about the fact that we had no big guns up forward and they wonder why we used to run and handball the ball. We ran and handballed and that got us through 13 straight. That's right. You, got, you ran and handballed with no webs and so you dropped him for one No, day. but we needed a bit of height. You can't. It's really hard to cover blokes on the junction oval. It's different in finals. You do need a couple of big guns. That's why... Willie uh, and Sandy have probably both got a chance. We've got a couple of key forwards. Yeah, well, uh, I can assure you, back at Sunshine on uh, Sunday night, I'll tell you something, they took defeat well. Oh. As Dead or Alive was playing, you spin me round. Everyone waving goodbye to everyone. I thought only one thing could finish off a perfect su Sunshine Sunday night. I would have thought a lot of them would have been dead too after that fight after the siren. Yeah, we know who started. Actually, no, who started that too. What, wasn't Sunshine. Believe it or not, for the first times in their life, they were... I don't really know because I don't think his number was in the book. But uh, it, it was a beautiful ending to a sunshine evening. Someone got a smack in the mouth <laughs> and uh, a couple of girls in tears and uh, the boss, Tony Dorgan, was about 0.23 insisting on driving me home. It was beautiful. <laughs> Sensational. But there is one thing. Anyone planning to go to Bondi Junction <laughs> next weekend, stay well away because the Sunshine Football Club will be there. But well done, fellas, anyway. Philip, tomorrow it's a big day for you. You have been named the Williamstown Football Club Personality of the Year, and by Jingo's... They'll all be all over him like a rash, won't they, Ronnie? Yeah, the gratitude, I would have thought. Oh, sensational. Uh, yeah, I told you before I went away, Phil, don't give Port a flogging in the last game or Williamstown will get in. And what are you going to do? I just don't want to think about it. I'll bleed. If they win tomorrow, Williamstown, I'll be found in a park hanging from a neck but up a tree. <laughs> oh, we'll get a few And that is true. Uh, well, I tell you... Well, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll wrestle John Taylor on the Williamstown Oval naked and I'll fight him for Pavlovas if <laughs> Williamstown wins. Yeah, so actually, okay, Phil, you've put your... Now, I will buy a Pavlova. If Williamstown happened to win, I will allow John Taylor to shove it in Phil Cleary's or my face out in Victoria Street next week. Because, Beauty. Yeah, we've got that on because it, it can't be done. But the thing, the, the thing, thing about it is, I believe for entertainment, Rowan, uh, tomorrow they're going to show Coburg and Port in the last game, kick, Coburg kicking all the goals and saying, that's one more goal that got us in, that's one more goal. Yeah, but I don't mind rubbing in, do they? You're a sadistic bastard, aren't you? Well, uh, I, yeah, 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 I suppose I am. Actually, too, Dave, just very quickly on Franks, and now what went wrong? Because it's about this time last year you were preparing for the grand final. Uh, yes, uh, this time last year we were preparing for the grand final, but unfortunately uh, earlier on this year we, we were beaten by Sandringham in the first game and we bounced back and won the next three games by about 20 goals in a row. Yeah. And uh, then we fronted up to Port Melbourne and uh, they gave us one hell of a thumping. And uh, we lost about six in a row after that. The uh, wheels sort of fell off. Would have been their last one for the year, wouldn't it? Because uh, it was just a year for Port. Ronnie, you were in Queensland when the news broke that Port were out of the four. Wasn't that lucky? How, how did you take it, mate? Oh, usual man, and threw the paper out the window. <laughs> <laughs> like all good Port yeah, Melbourne yeah, good supporters. Sport, yeah. Hey, what about Port too? 
coach advertising the paper. Yeah, that was that was on before the start of the year, mate. It was only a one-year tenure for the centenary year, successful that it was. Don't be grumpy about it. I mean, I'm just grumpy. asking you whether you <laughs> thought Bryce would still get the job. Don't get the shits with me. I've got a hangover, mate. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> oh. I actually, Do they take I, it well down at Actually, court, I'll, tell you so, I'll tell you something, Phil. That's a surprise you seeing an ad like that. Why aren't your services required at Coburg? You want to <laughs> just, get... just browsing through the coaching position? Exactly. What well, are you and George Stone still vying for those, that, those coveted positions at Paran or Fort Melbourne? Actually, Rowan, you've played a safe in the paper this morning and picked likely winners in Capitals, but your heart wasn't in those selections, was it? No, well, oh, I wouldn't say that, but uh, <laughs> I've been, uh, the Williamstown bikes have been telling me to pick them all week, and they've been telling me to pick them all season, actually, and usually when I pick against them, they win, but uh, it's pretty hard to, to tip against a team that wins its second semi by 80 points, isn't As much it? as sickens you to the stomach, you have to. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to come out and say <laughs> anything, we'll just uh, <laughs> keep mum on that. I, just, uh, I don't know whether Rowan was responsible. Did you see the sun this morning? Front page There's a picture of Ian Morrison and uh, two little boys. <laughs> no, a Vietnamese boy, and I gather the other boys Yugoslav, but there's no story to it. Uh, it was just you get it, if you had a read that, if you had a read the caption under the photo, it said <laughs> that my preview and the teams are on the next page. Ah, oh, good. He's, good. He's, he's, only, he's, a, he's only a boy from Brunswick. Can yeah, he actually? Looks, yeah, he looks at the pictures anyway. So, uh, uh, Roman Horaway wrote in from Rosebud, but this is a beautiful, uh, beautiful anecdote. It was a great Cain letter. Cob and Co. Coach did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, the tin jam, yeah, the the old tins with the string through it. He said, but he says, I can't. When we're talking about a VFA site, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me great pleasure to read that there aren't any wings in the VFA. It's a bit hard to walk into a VFL side on a wing when you've played in the VFA without them, isn't that's, it? That's for sure. So uh, he's got Trevor Price at fullback. Well, Trevor was a great player. Did a lot of cosmetic work to players' faces. <laughs> so, but he he, uh, he possibly could have played. Uh, he could have been a, a, a VFL footballer. Laurie Burt there. He's like a Fitzroy house. Couldn't find. Hasn't got a yard. <laughs> so um, he definitely wouldn't get in. Uh, Ray Slug Jordan. Uh, I, don't, I, I think Slug played up there. He, he definitely, uh, he definitely coached up there. Cole Kinnear, well, he could have been a champion because he's coaching uh, Carlton Reserves, so he's entitled to be. He's entitled to be in there. But there's a few. I feel Cleary, of course, on the half forward flank, the only player that can't run, can't kick, and can't handball. So I don't know how he'd get into a league side. Ron Beatty played at um, uh, Hawthorne, so he's not eligible. And a few others there that go back a bit further than I do. And I've got one from... Uh, you, you, you're not in that team, George. It's just all Coburg players. No, just all Coburg players, well, That's yeah. the team you haven't played for in the VFA, yeah, isn't it? One now? of the few I haven't, yeah. John Cannis, who's giving the prize, which is the dinner for two at the Rising Sun. The blokes come down this week from last week, did they? No, but I got a phone call from Geelong yesterday from the bloke that won it at the Armadale last week, and he's coming in and demands a greasy parmigiana. I said, well, <laughs> we just don't have them. <laughs> you did yesterday. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got one from, the, from uh, Philip Morris, from uh, who's... Got something to do with the Oakley Junior Football Club who's sent in the side of all Oakley people. Russell Colcott, remember him with the ankle guards, number yes. 39? and could he jump too? He played at Melbourne though, I think, Russell. Did he? Oh, yep. well, that, that gets him at Swooper Manane. Mm. Peter Cloak. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Tommy Quinn with the grey hair in the back pocket and Phil Fryer with the beard in the other back pocket. But uh, Derek King, the emu with the bandy legs, but he's yep. out. He played for St Kilda, didn't he, Derek? Yep. That's right. Now, um, the one I've got here, which... Uh, caught my eye was from uh, Trevor Staples. Trevor uh, has, has named Ted Henry's at fullback. Yes. Now, Ted Henry's could have been a, a champion. He would have, have walked been. into a VFL side, wouldn't he? He, he won a listen trophy too, Ted. See, that, so there's a, there's a, every Sunday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, he tells you <laughs> that. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But did, did Ted ever try it in VFL? Does anyone know? I'm not sure. I don't think the VFL was invented when Ted was playing. <laughs> and George Shickett at centre-half back. Oh. 
Well, I was only a young boy when he was playing. Well, I can remember him playing, and I think 69, he might have played 68, around about then he was a good player, George. He would have walked into a VFL yeah, side. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. He probably didn't shave before a game and things like that. <laughs> the mobile boys have come up with a good one again via the computer. They've got Norman Yem warming up for the dandy dash. <laughs> Paul, Paul Keller is sitting, sitting on the roof of the race. John Taylor's in the pie stand. They've named Barry Leslie with the grey hair at fullback from Preston, number 22, with the beautiful drop kicks. Yes, yeah, so i got Barry Leslie in the team here Brian too. Brian Shinners on the half-back oh. flank from Dandenong. Swoopman and eight. Ray Orchard, centre-half forward. Sammy Holt. Trevor Price on the interchange bench. Yeah, there's another one who got Sammy Holt here too. Possible wingers if required. This is Peter Fuller. He's, uh, he's obviously noticed that they don't have wings in the VFA and suggested that uh, if required, they could have them in the VFL. Stands six foot five and he can touch the sky. Don't look at him sideways, man, you're gonna die. That's Roger. Roger. He wears red and black and he's meaner than me. Knows more kung fu than David Carradine. Hitman, they called him, at least Don Scott did. But when that became headlines, you know who hid from Roger. Roger. Rovers walk tall when Roger's around. He's a prince of darkness at the Windy Hill ground. Beware all forwards, don't kick goals. If Roger don't get you, look out for Gary Folds. Roger, Roger. Now when Roger's dead, heaven's in for a scare. Because when they play hell, you know who'll be there. Roger. 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 Could have been champion. Congratulations, Simon. But it's competition time, and oh, when, when Mike Williamson said the word prodigious <laughs> when Malcolm Blight, how, how far was that goal he kicked? 105, 110 yards? Yeah, about 115 a, next week. <laughs> that uh, 87 entries. 87 entries, and if Norman May was here, he'd point out that's the devil's number in Australian cricket because it's 13 short of the century. And it certainly was the devil's number. A couple of us have got RSI opening the envelopes. Oh, unbelievable. Now, Cove, let's get on with them. Well, first of all, I just wanted to thank the uh, uh, the boys who, who wrote... I'll just have to call out because they're listening in Corowa. They've sent us the postcard from the Corowa Golf Club. Thanks, fellas! Yeah, Come yeah, on. beauty. But they said picking up the uh, the show loud and clear up there, and they had a team which included, of course, all the predictables like Baker, Carter, Hunter, Potter, Turner, Tanner, Farmer... Etc. But thanks for the postcard. Looks I, I got a serviette in from uh, from the boys at the Dick Witt Tavern on uh, on Wednesday night. I like that forward and pocket line. Hunter Skinner Tanner. Beautiful. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I had one that had along similar lines here. John the uh, from Jeff Bindley out in Murrumbina. He he picked a couple of sides, and the one that amused me was the second one where he had from the back line Lamb and Hog Farmer, halfbacks Ruse Hunter and Tanner, centre Flower and Rice Miller. Half-forwards, Coates and Cloak, Taylor. Forwards, Jewel and Lockett, Goldsmith. The Rucks and Rover being Brewer, Baker and Cook. The park bench from Barr, Steward, Wood, Carter, Law, Judge, Knight, Clark 
and Road Walker. Beautiful. <laughs> and Ian, we, we had a lot of trouble knocking this one back because uh, we, we could jump 27 years on the list here with the with the um, entry from the Melbourne Cricket Club. All the office staff down there now, if they're working on the rolls there at the waiting list, can it's, we get up towards it? It's very tempting, Graham Tate. If, if you can do anything about it, quickly ring up, you're still a chance. Yeah. <laughs> you notice the MCC haven't used Letterhead, the only yeah. company that have not used Now, letterhead. there's been a few people mentioned that too. Uh, for example, uh, someone here from Keylor East, it's Peter Ma. He says, although, although I do not work for mobile and was unable to construct a team of workers on an IBM computer, I wish to submit this entry in the faint hope that these handicaps will not disqualify my entry. Had some good ones there. Uh, from the back line, Potter Mangles Clay. <laughs> Halfbacks, Marshall Road West. Centres, Gardner Withers Flower. Half-forwards, Clark Burns and uh, the Brownlow medalist in 56 from Footscray. Forwards, Taylor <laughs> Foles Cloak. Rucks, Farmer, Greaves, Blight, Interchange, Judge, Laid, Law, Emergencies from King Knights, Fiddler, <laughs> Dyer, Motley, <laughs> McIntosh, and Tanner, Rooshide. And Bruce McNabb's uh, given us a, a universal dictionary explanation for uh, selecting Alistair Lord. He's been selected on the basis that Lord is an occupation as well as the position or title. Yeah, and a smith, we've got a... Well, there's a whole team of smiths here because of the definition of smith being a worker in an iron or other metal, but you had an observation on that, Tony, yes. from another entry. Yes, uh, I've just... You've refreshed my memory just at the moment. Well, someone though. picked Bradley Smith in oh, the Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Who was, who was the bloke who picked Bradley Smith? I a haven't... person who fixes Bradleys. <laughs> Lester <laughs> Smith, a person who fixes Lester's. <laughs> who was that? Uh, no, this was Greg Hansen here. And oh, he, right. he didn't, he's got Bradley Smith, but he didn't explain that he, oh, right. he, smiths, he fixes Bradleys. And to the little girl from Sunshine, Louise Burke, no, we will not show any positive discrimination in uh, uh, your entry. I've got it here. She's used blue and red pens to make it look attractive to try and outdo the computer. I've Mind got, the I've Mobile got, Boys standard was down this week too. Yeah. I've got a sticker from the University Blues Football Club. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Um, I've also <laughs> got one from... Hey, but little, little girl from Sunshine, she's got AMDG at the top of the page, which is just beautiful. And she had Woodman, Hunter, Turner, Lord Cook, Dyer and uh, Purser was in the side. But uh, what else we got there, Cove? Um, it was 87 to get through. The Enrico Mizzo boys, now that was... Uh, well, they've showed a bit of creativity here. Sending theirs in on an application for advertised office within the public service of Victoria. The advertised vacancy, a dinner for two, department, Rising Sun Hotel, branch, the lounge. And uh, they say their qualifications are under football, date of completion, never. Major subjects, units completed, critical abuse from the outer, under cricket... Criticism of the ACB was one of the subjects they did, as well as does the punishment fit the crime, and uh, they had a good side there too. I've got uh, I've got one from. In fact, this one is going to get get a meal, isn't it, Dan? I think. Well, John, well, it's your establishment from the Rising Sun. Well, it, it's it's not the winner, but um, for Chris Byrne, who is 12 years of age. Why did you want to make them the winner, John? Because um, hopefully he or she will only have an entree-sized <laughs> meal. <laughs> but it is a classic little team, and. And Chris has, has coloured all the uh, the jumpers in on the yeah. uh, on the paper there, just, just like, like you used to do when you'd send into uh, the afternoon television. Isn't show. it terrific to see? There's twelve year old kiddies out there that still colour in the in the jumpers rather than painting pictures of super boxers. I think that's terrific. Yeah, and uh, they've got R. Stockman in the side who played for Footscray in 1954. But a lot of people had that. But ah, oh, it's beautiful. Deacon Hawker, Collier Baker, Judge Brewer, Clark, but. Because, uh, obviously, he spent his time in year one. Yeah. Instead of being behind the shelter shed smoking, he's put his mind... <laughs> he said so at the end, too, P.S., I think your show is great. Yeah, yeah. OK, Grouse, that'll yeah. <laughs> So he gets an entree-sized uh, meal. And uh, there was also one here from Baronia, from uh, Shane Colmeyer, 
which is almost an occupation, and uh, his team included people who all played in winning grand final teams from the back line, and we had a bit of dispute over this, from the back line, Hoare, Geelong 37. Yeah, what occupation's that, Not Ian? sure about that one, Fowler and Plummer, but that wasn't the we, we The first name threw us, so that one couldn't yeah, win. Yeah, we won't have that. And I had one more here also from um, someone who showed quite a bit of uh, a, a nous, and um, it's uh, Guy Isgrove from North Baldwin. He's asked us if we, if we are bringing out a book of some of the uh, past competitions. Not a bad thought. If you can raise the funds, Guy, we'd like to talk to you. But uh, in the meantime, I'll try and sneak a few of the better entries, not only from this week, but over recent weeks, into the inside football column in, in the weeks to come. And to the person that we've... Sorry, uh, it's John Moscom or something like that, who wrote the song, People Try to Put Us Down, My Generation. Have we got the David Parkin version there, uh, Ian? Yeah, just give you a quick example. Who is it from? Who it's it? from uh, John Morecambe, right. and he's a little bit late for the David Parkin competition we had earlier in the year with that address at three-quarter time, but does point out that if David Parkin had written the Pete Townsend Who Hit My Generation, the first line, instead of being, people try to put us down, would have been, people make disparaging remarks about our stature as individuals. <laughs> Second line, just because we get around, just because of our exceptional mobility... Uh, things they do look awful cold David would have had it as the forecast does seem rather less than temperate and hope I die before I get old with more than a little luck I'll expire before advancing years overtake me beautiful so we'll see if champs can fit that into the my generation uh, tune Canis, the winner. Yep, I've got the winner. It's from Russell Crellin, who has done a bit of a greasing job on, on one side of the entry, saying that Just he Just like some of that food tapes. down at the Rising Sun. Oh, now, wouldn't you? They're beautiful. Now, before you get into it, I disagree with this, because Whoa. of the 87 entries, only two people had Brian Royal in the side, and that is an occupation, and that showed a bit of... Um, bit of in- ingenuity. So, so Tony, you're, you're taking the, the judges to task here, eh? Well, I can't do it, so Johnny, you might as well get I'll on with your the side. Bias, From the yeah. back line, N. Clark, who can account for resting rovers, R. Carter, who runs the ball out of defence, A. Purser, who pays out on opposing ruckman. Half-back line, Duffy Plummer, runs a bit hot and cold. Ian Cooper, barrelling down the ground. G. Hawker, sells the dummy, Smokey Dawson, 3 L. O. R. Brewer, a real bottler. L. Baker, plays just for the dough. M. Turner, who's never been fitter. <laughs> K Hunter, bagging many goals, real game. Polly Farmer, expected, expected to market, market every week. <laughs> Fred Cook, fending off the other half forwards. Jack Dyer, adding colour to the forward line. Brian Taylor, sews up, up the goal kicking when he, he lets rip. G Baker, the butcher and the candlestick maker are out injured, rubber dub. <laughs> Rux, J Ironmonger, tough as nails and hard wearing. M. Taylor threads his way through a pack. S. Clark, in form and a credit to the team. Oh, gorgeous. Russell Crellon, get in Russell touch with Crell. John Cannis at the Rising Sun. And the other winner, that was Chris Byrne. Chris Byrne, yep. Might have to get Dad to bring you down and have a raspberry at the bar. This week's comp is for a team of football boot models. This isn't just sort of pick the back line of Adidas, Puma and... Um, the mobile boys actually have, have sent one in and after being a judge by the critics of putting in a shocker last week, the selectors have had no hesitation in wielding the axe. The PC and the colour plotter have been banished to the twos <laughs> to kick the jewel. They've, they've the sent in a handwritten entry, have they? No, no. A laser printer one for you. <laughs> I think there's, there's just a few here that, that are worth mentioning. They've got um, Neil Crompton's footy boot for that goal. Glenn Hawker's right boot. It triggered a great Arnold Brightest punch. <laughs> Barry Breen's right boot for that point. Colin Tully's right boot for continually winning the World of Sport super super kick. <laughs> and they've made a blue here, Murray and the boys. Uh, Billy Barrett's left boot for those ranking drop kicks. He was a, he was a right foot. So. Yeah, and on that one, you're on, Cove. It's got Doug Booth's 
footy boot in brackets. Woof, woof. <laughs> not as good as the hero. No, not as good as the hero. There. Yes. Then you cross over there. Yes. Then you go over there. Yes. Then you cut back over there. Uh, over there. And yeah. see that door that just opened over there? Yeah. Yeah, well, you go through that door over there. Yeah. And then you face the director. Which one's he? Uh, that's him over there. Oh, you're on, Con. Break a leg. I would like to apologise for my behaviour before, after and during the audition. I know, I know in my heart that I have upset some pretty important people. I can't work this script. Who wrote these lines? Where's my agent? Reject. Next. You have been listening to Punter to Punter Reject Theatre. Brought to you by your friendly Reject Store. Brilliant, Con. What else can I say? That was fantastic. What a Brilliant. performance, Connie. Oscar-winning rabbit. Well, the roll. Royal Melbourne show is all but over, but our own Yoni Stone is out there at the Pentridge exhibition in the Hall of Commerce. You know, they actually built a miniature Pentridge out there at the show today as a way of helping the prisoners to really know their jail. Really? And, and you know...